0: Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered.
1: This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human
0: suffering and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to
1: have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club and enjoy the show.
0: Hey, Valentina.
1: Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. Today, we are going to try something new, not do an intro, and just jump right into this conversation. But before we do, as always, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. Testing, one, two, three hello 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 Valentina Sinistera and this is Paula
0: and we are on one
1: (laughs) (laughs) we were riding around Atlanta on if you guys were watching our Instagram stories Paula was doing all the pedaling on the bike and I was sitting on the seat we were riding around Atlanta in one bike one bicycle (laughs) and I'm the queen
0: it was a great workout
1: It really was. I feel like
0: I had to flex my stomach so strong to sit on that. I did make Valentina come home. On On her own. On
1: a bird. She made me find a bird. Rude. On her own.
0: Anyways, we're so happy to be back with you guys. How have you been, Valentina?
1: I've been good. I've been... Me and Paul have been having little mini dance parties, which has been so fun because I love dancing. We love it. I feel like it, it changes it, everything. It changes the game. It like really does. Life force starts flowing through my body again. My heart opens up wider. It's, God, what is it about dancing? I don't know. Dancing is it, just
0: is so healing.
1: It is so healing, especially too when you have good music.
0: Woo. Mm-hmm. Get some good little Spanish music, You've some reggaeton playing. or asuna. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have definitely it definitely feels like we've been inviting more joy in. It does. So, how have you been? I've been good. Something we wanted to talk about in this podcast was how mental health really is such a daily
1: thing. It, changes, it can change a lot from day to day. From hour to hour. Do you remember how you were this morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we went
0: bike riding and just got out in the sun, did a little bit of dancing, and just the whole energy feels entirely different. We went
1: and searched for an adventure today. That's our new thing now. Whenever we're just feeling like, monotonous like life is just the same thing every single day we're just gonna go on an adventure
0: whatever it takes even if it's riding our bike down the sidewalk playing music on our phone just whatever it is shifting up the energy just shifting but it up. really
1: is day-to-day too because the other day we were did i feel like feel like we talked about this was it on the ig live with carlos we were feeling like oh my god life is
0: like yeah
1: rinse wash repeat it's the same thing every single day and we were just feeling like in our feelings so bored (laughs) i think a lot of people are feeling that during covid oh my god i think especially and we were like is this life now oh my god like this is really life we're so bored and we just delve into those feelings or we dove into those feelings
0: oh yeah what did we do we took i i went bike riding that's what I did I moved my body and then we shift
1: yeah we started moving our body and you said something in your story about like starting with the physical that's actually a huge thing that's becoming
0: more and more and more obvious and unavoidably blatant to me that it has to be part Body, part, mind, this healing process. I can't, a lot of times in this healing journey, there's a tendency to get very intellectual, to intellectualize emotions, to intellectualize your way out of an anxious state, to try to analyze the anxiety and to dive deeper into it. But something I tell my clients is that once that train starts rolling with anxiety and your thoughts are just moving, moving, moving at a really fast pace, you really, at that point, trying to use the same mind, to get the same thinking mind to get you out of that thinking loop. I, chances of that happening are very, very slim.
1: I feel like that's the same with depression as well. With depression. Y- your thoughts aren't even, you know, it's the opposite. Your thoughts thoughts aren't running around. They're just like you feel suppressed. But when you start moving your body. Yeah. So it just shifts the energy. It does. you got to feel your way out of it it By does abrupt changes yeah. physically
0: yes yes that's why it, and then the mind follows it actually blows my mind how little is talked about exercise in mental health education you know, we didn't really that's not really something that is really really emphasized really like in, in the educational swamp? system no
1: mm.
0: no and that's at least 50 percent of being in a healthy state of mind like, I mean, even even breath work yesterday, yesterday I had anxiety. It just hit me. I looked at, at a part of my finances and I've told you guys how finances are a particularly triggering thing for me. Just it's something that I have associated with anxiety throughout my life. I think that's, that's so common. Part of my healing. Yeah, it is. It is pretty common. And some and I, I checked them in the morning. I now know don't, <laughs> don't ever check your finances in the morning. Do it after you have ran or, or biked for 30 miles or something. Anyways, I checked them in the morning. And then I was just, I mean, I had to use a lot of mindfulness to, you know, to fully be there for my clients and all that. But the anxiety was 100% in my body. And Valentina took me through, uh, Valentina led me through my first breathwork session. Finally, you guys, she did it. I finally opened up to uh, having her guide me. And it it went by really
1: fast. Mm-hmm. It does. It's only the first few minutes where that that masculine mind tries to take over and kind of control the situation. But after, I would say, like five minutes, you, you dip a little deeper into that feminine you let go. You surrender. You soften. Your, bo- your body goes from fight and flight into rest and digest. And then you just let the breath do the work. You stop efforting.
0: I wonder if I could do it without somebody guiding me though, because it definitely made a difference to have you there, telling me like, continue, continue, come back. Yeah. Keep breathing.
1: Facilitators and are powerful.
0: Facilitators matter. They guide you. hmm. And my hands cramped up like crazy.
1: So. Yeah, that often happens in breath work. They say it's because the energy from the heart is trying to release and your heart's trying to open up more. So your hands kind of, they turn into, they almost look like lobster claws. That happened to me the first time I did breath work, And I was like, what is going on? I really felt like this. I can't even, I wish we had a video right now so I could show you guys. But they looked like crab claws that were frozen and they could not move.
0: I, I remembered Valentina having told me that, so I think my hands are trying to do that, but I resisted letting them do that because I just didn't want to just fit into the expectation <laughs> of crabby hands.
1: When you're in breath work, all, the energy in, that's stored inside of your body is trying to release itself, so it'll manifest in different ways. Sometimes it can be in yelling and in crying. In people l- can yell? People can yell, yeah. And wow. I'll guide people into yelling too into a pillow at a certain point when you reach the peak of what you need to do is release that throat chakra energy people can yell i've laughed oh my god i was so embarrassed (laughs) when i was in the training this lady she was guiding me and i all of a sudden got into this like this like laugh attack and i couldn't stop laughing 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 and at the end I'm like, man that was so awkward but I couldn't stop and she was like I started laughing with you. It was infectious <laughs> dude, it's
0: amazing how because I'm just kind of thinking back again to yesterday when that anxiety hit me how much you believe it in the moment yeah I mean and with all the experience I have I I know I know it's gonna pass at this point I know. But that doesn't keep it from feeling any less real when it hits, especially
1: when it's like the big ones.
0: When it's certain certain it triggers, triggers that yeah. that we have, like I think everybody has kind of their core wounds, and when it's what I'm like, okay, never again will I check finances in the morning. A horrible idea, horrible morning
1: routine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't include that in your morning routine. Like, what the heck was I thinking? um but after we did the breath work i felt like i felt sedated yeah they call it like uh, russell brand refers to it and i guess a lot of people do getting high on breath does he do breath work he does breath work. oh okay yeah he definitely talks a lot about breath work yeah um yeah so powerful but anyways it's just it's
1: involving the body sebastian our brother actually did he tell you he texted me like two days ago and he did his first breath work session no that, way. Yeah, his was an hour. Yeah, oh he's an, he, everything he does. Is, <laughs> everything he does. He did it for a whole hour. He did it for an hour. Yeah. Was someone guiding him? Someone guiding him. Someone was guiding him. Yeah. He's intense, so he does. He probably doesn't need a guide. And he, because he texted me afterward, he's like, "Why do you need a facilitator?" Because <laughs> he was like, "He's such
0: an Olympian. He's an of a, a human. He
1: is an Olympian of a human." I'm like, "Yeah, you don't need a facilitator, Sebastian, because you're gonna." fucking it's great everything he does plays. everything
0: he does is
1: so so he did it and he said actually he is so amazed because no I've way. been telling him about breath work for a while and he's like yeah one day one day one day he finally did it And he said it helped tremendously with his anxiety and his dreams have been really, really vivid, which is another thing that can often happen. Whatever experience you have is the experience that needs to happen. And sometimes maybe nothing will happen. Sometimes you'll have an insane experience, but the point is not to intellectualize it. You kind of just feel into it, if that makes sense. And oftentimes it's whatever happens within your breathwork session will be explained in your dreams. That's really common. No like way. You'll get answers in your dreams. Yeah.
0: It's so interesting for me to see how much of my aggression. Yeah. When you started.
1: <laughs> I was like, she's an Olympian too. When I started? Yes. When did you, what? When you I are just like, <sighs> Like you were, I thought, And I, I was like, does she even need me? I thought that's what I was supposed to do. No, you were. And to be honest, it's funny because when I, I think it's just a family thing. Our family
0: is very committed.
1: <laughs> and I feel like it's a Spanish thing, too. It oh, no, no. Our family. Passionate. passionate. Our family <laughs> takes the passion to a whole new level. But when I did my first breathwork session ever, I went. And I was like, we're going hard or we're going home. And I really was after I was like, my uh, spirit has left my body. <laughs> I breathed my spirit out that, of my body. And it really I felt like it did. It was crazy. That's amazing. But I I, I stole your your story. So what was I and, saying? And the, so oh, yeah. It's,
0: it's crazy how much my anxiety manifests as aggression. Yeah. I anger is not just anger that's why you know when we when parents get mad at kids for being angry now i'm starting to realize more and more that getting mad at someone for being angry is going to just make everything worse and it's not it's going to it's completely missing the point if you manage anger issues by chastising people and punishing them we don't realize and we i've said this before that anger is basically kind of like the bodyguard of the emotional system and it's just so amazing, it's so fascinating to witness that in myself, you know, because at this point we've done so much mindfulness work, so much meditation. So there's definitely a little more space between us and our emotions, even though there are times when it grips us, but you still have that glimmer of consciousness where you can witness it while it's happening. And now, being at this age, it's just seeing I, I guess I don't I'm gonna keep saying the same thing over and over again it's just so mind-blowing to realize that my anger issues growing up were really just anxiety and so I definitely I felt the anger at the beginning of the session um even the the music Valentina had chosen I was like in my head I could feel that voice being like the heck is this music yeah <laughs> why does this music have words and yeah. I was literally like I have to tell Valentina for this to, to use different <laughs> music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny the mind will do anything to resist to, to resist just being just in the go. present moment it's like oh the air is too loud oh there's words in this music yeah and yeah, yeah yeah
0: that was the other thing i was like why didn't i put on a blanket yeah like why didn't i put on a blanket why would valentina choose music that has words in it uh-huh. like i
1: should tell her when
0: i do hypnotherapy it doesn't have words and
1: uh-huh that's that masculine mind
0: so the ma- th- when we talk about the masculine mind, maybe it would help for us to kind of explain what exactly we mean by that.
1: Definitely. Just the more rigid, controlling, structured. The yeah, that's the more masculine the energy. masculine energy, and which then, isn't a bad thing. Which is oh my god, it's not a bad. But the thing, thing is all. that it
0: does it does. And so okay, this is something that we learn in drawing. For example, if any of you guys have ever studied drawing on the right side of the brain, which is actually a book that I really really recommend, and she talks in there, and it's very clear to see when you start practicing drawing how the only way that you can draw is if you let go of the analytical mind. You can't, for example, if I'm going to draw this microphone that I'm staring at, I can't, I can't consciously think I'm drawing a microphone. I'm going to try to draw a microphone because what we end up drawing is a symbolic representation of a microphone. And in order to really be able to draw, you have to be able to just look, release that part that needs to understand everything and just see shapes, and not even try to see the whole thing. Just kind of connect with each angle, connect with each point. And so you're using a completely different part of your brain, which is what we would associate with the more feminine part. And so,
1: and that feminine energy is the more like soft, surrender, allow, flowy, and you need both.
0: Well, yeah. And so the point that I was getting at is that in the book she says that that the thinking mind, the rational mind, the masculine part of our mind it thinks that it's the best suited for everything it wants to be the one to guide us through every experience Mm. and it isn't the best suited for everything because if you try to draw with that side of your brain you're not going to be able to draw you can't even you don't it's crazy you don't even really see what is right in front of you like picasso used to say um if we could only take out our brain and only and draw only with our eyes because the brain distorts what you actually see. It's, I mean, it's fascinating. If you guys ever want to practice drawing, I think it's such a powerful mindfulness exercise.
1: There was what is that Igor or something? That one dude that they in high school they made us uh, draw him upside down. Uh huh. Yeah. And it really ends up looking. It's a picture of this dude on a chair, and they flip it upside down, and you're supposed to. They flip it upside down in order to help that. More controlling side of your brain let go of the image that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. So you surrendered to just simply drawing curves and lines mm-hmm. and dots and whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it would look just like the image. Well, <laughs> <laughs> mine wasn't amazing. But <laughs> I used to always make Valentina draw. Oh, that my guy. God. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: I would always think Valentina is like my little student.
1: She really would. We would Poor play Valentina. house daily.
0: Yeah. And so that's why this breath work and body work type of practices are so important because the rational mind is not supposed to guide us through this entire thing. It can't. There's no way that I could have used my rationality yesterday when I was in that state to get out of my anxiety. I needed to literally breathe excessively (laughs) for 20 minutes straight Or dance or the other day, you know, ride my bike and
1: sweat and move and whatever it is. We have to because it really brings us back into the present moment. Because when we're constantly thinking and we are just trapped in our mind, it's not just trapped in the current thoughts. It's trapped into how you project your past into the present moment. So there's fears, wounds, traumas. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in order to create this present moment. And you're just trying to think your way through it. But when you start dipping into the more flowy energy or when you get out of your head and more into your body, it, it becomes you e- just, yeah. you're here. You're yeah. Bringing, the it becomes irrelevant.
0: You. you don't need to understand why that emotion is fully there before you can step out of it fully. Like, Okay, so it helps. This is where this is where the 50 50 thing matters. Analysis is important because once you do if you do understand the origin of those wounds, then you can bring compassion. Understanding is a bridge for compassion. But there is a point that if we just kind of rely on that analysis only to help bring us out of that state hyper analysis, it ends up having the adverse effect of what we really want. You get more and more trapped in yourself. That's why I remember when I used to think that I needed to kind of do all my healing on my own and I need to, needed to understand all of it. I was just making myself more and more isolated and just being in so much analysis that like I couldn't even find the joy of life anymore.
1: I was literally just about to say that's where joy comes in. Because if you sit here and it does help because I love reading about the brain and, and, and seeing, oh, I'm acting like this because of this. This part of my frontal lobe is whatever, you know. But you get so rigid if that's the only thing. That you do. Yeah. You can't be focused on healing
0: all the time. That's that's kind of a trap that I definitely see in the healing community a lot. Yeah. That it's like an, a, a, a just an almost compulsive
1: focus on he, healing. Healing for us lately has been... Just being playful.
0: Then you're not even thinking about healing. You're just being playful. That's how
1: you heal. Because you invite more love in. Yeah. You're just playing. It's so important to play.
0: You know why? And I hear people. I've heard so many people kind of um, hate on the TikTok dances. I was talking to Valentina about this earlier. You know, like, oh, those TikTok dances are so annoying. And honestly, I'm grateful to those TikTok dances for normalizing people randomly dancing. In random places, unexpectedly.
1: We were dancing in the park and this guy thought we were, he came up to Paul and he's like, are you guys creating TikToks?
0: What if we were literally thinking of creating like an outdoor social distancing ecstatic dance session. Would you guys come? That would be fun. Come dance with us. I actually want to read you guys Valentina's tweet from a few days ago.
1: Oh, I'm being quoted.
0: <laughs> Don't let yourself get trapped inside your own mind. When you start feeling anything that is beginning to lock you in, call it out, give it a name, say it out loud, it will lose some of its momentum. So that is where the rational mind is helpful, so that you can name it, if you name it. And I literally, before Valentina posted that, I had written the moment, that same day, I had written down the moment you label your thoughts, you're no longer one with them. That's why a huge part of anxiety and OCD treatment is literally just saying, this is OCD. This is anxiety. This is fear rising. And if you understand the function that fear plays, if you understand what the OCD is trying to do, as soon as you name it, there's a little bit of space between you and that thing that's happening. And then you can decide a little bit more how you're going to move through it.
1: So when you're in the middle of like an anxiety or panic attack, like what would you tell your clients? See that, well, you want to name it. I don't even want to go as far as like a panic attack. So let's do like a spectrum of it. It's a spectrum. If you're currently feeling anxious and just trapped inside of your brain because that's what when I'm anxious I feel trapped yeah I feel like suffocated on the inside yes and it's funny because for me it does also show up as aggression I just become more rigid
0: so interesting and
1: and aggressive and any and anyone that comes near my sphere is gonna like feel my heat
0: yeah, we get mad at people for being aggressive or being angry when in reality, like they're just in a, place, a space of fear.
1: It's like the thing you reposted the other day. We need more love.
0: We need more love. In those
1: times when we're hurting, we tend to
0: want to beat ourselves up. I remember when, you know, yesterday when I was feeling that way in that moment, I'm like, oh my God, life is so hard. <laughs> is <this> life? <laughs> I've been fooled. <laughs> Why is life so hard? Jesus. And then today I'm just like totally fine. So I mean, another huge part of this actually is just kind of like remembering that every single moment is going to
1: pass. Every single moment is going to pass.
0: Every single emotion, every single experience is going to pass. So that's where being able to name them can become a really powerful mindfulness practice because then you start to like become aware that there's only one thing that never changes. And that's your ability to the observer, your ability to observe these thoughts.
1: When you were doing the IG live with Carla, she, there was someone in the comments that asked, you guys were talking about anxiety and someone in the comments said, how do you know sometimes when it's anxiety or when it's intuition, maybe your anxiety is really just trying to help you. And, I can't remember what your answer was. I just (laughs) remember what I was thinking to that response. I think I just started a whole conversation in my head based off of what she asked. But I, when you're in a moment where you actually need to act because you are in literal danger, you are going to act. Your animal instincts are going to push you to act. Mm -hmm. You're not going to sit there and like ruminate. Oh, there's this guy running after me. Like, what do I, Well, I mean, uh, you run, you run. And also,
0: let's say that, for example, back to the example of yesterday with like finances in that moment,
1: your body's perceiving that it's an immediate. It's an immediate. That's what I'm in
0: danger. Yeah. And yes, feeling some concern over my finances on some level, that's healthy. You want to care because then that, you know, but but being in a place of total panic about it. It, it's because you feel like you're in danger, but you can't do anything like there is literally nothing I can do in this exact moment to like, you know, let's say like exponentially increase my finances. And if I start kind of frantically trying to make that happen, I'm just going to feed feed it even more. So that's where you anxiety makes you think you have to listen to it. But if you compulse with it, and you know, let's just say, then I start checking every single account, and then I start going through every number, and then I start calculating. Before I know it, I'm gonna be like heaving in the corner. In like, <laughs> that moment, I'm just like, I literally had to tell myself, like, okay, literally, this isn't gonna change. In and I mean, like, I'm o- I'm okay financially, but it's just like. A tr- you know, it's a it's a trigger.
1: But listen, you guys, Paula was a royalty in her past <laughs> life. So uh, and this she, is beyond. I'm this not is sleeping the, on the gold coins. <laughs> 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 I am in danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: basically. And then I had to tell at that my intuition could be like, hey, you know, it would be really good for you to budget or make this move or make this investment or. Go in this direction, but it's more gentle. It's a little more gentle. You don't feel like your soul is going to jump out of your body. The
1: time to try to find solutions for things, too, is not in the middle of that anxiety. And I think that that's I, – I know with my own experience, when I'm anxious, I immediately – I'm like, okay, how do we get rid of this? I got to do something. I got to act out. I got to – you get impulsive with, like, trying to find your way out of it. And yeah. At that time, it's when you got to be like, you know what? I'm just anxious right now, so I know this is going to pass. I am not going to try to do anything about this or try to find the right answers. I'm just going to you need a shift in energy.
0: It's crazy because once that train starts rolling, the anxiety, once it starts rolling and that cortisol and that adrenaline is running through your body, you're kind of you just have to like at that point, you just have to buckle up. You just have to buckle up and know that it's going to pass. But the thing you don't want to do is feed it more by doing whatever compulsion it's telling you to do. So what do you do? Well, for example, I knew I'm like, okay, enough. Let me stop looking through every single account statement right now. The anxiety will want you to like seek out more and more and more and more reassurance. And at that point that when you know you're doing it to try to get rid of the anxiety, you know that it's a compulsion. And so at that point you just walk away, you go talk to somebody, you go dance, you go work out, you take uh, a hot shower or you take a cold shower Something to, to just kind of like snap your body out of it. Or you're just kind of, that's where kind of sitting with it is all is also important. Like you don't have to sit there and, and just like, you know, melt into the anxiety. That's why movement is important. But it's just recognizing that like, okay, this is just, this is going to hang out for a moment with me. I try it,
1: to bring in like, uh, I try to bring in a sense of humor when I have mine a little bit. And when I call it out, I'm like, oh my God, I'm anxious. Like, put a funny voice to it and be like, okay, I'm a hot mess right now. hmm A yeah. sense of humor helps. Yeah. Sen-
0: like, for example, like m- even making up a song with what the anxiety is telling you or, or OCD for some people, you know, like, you know, I could be like, I am poor <laughs> <laughs> or something, you know, just like to like exaggerate whatever is telling you, because you know, this is something else that I tell my clients. Whenever you are in black and white thinking, you know, that anxiety is hit.
1: Mm, that's real because when you are on sturdy ground and you're feeling good, you're feeling confident, you, your energy is more open. Yes. You're more like opportunities are coming.
0: Yeah. Your observation of life is a little more nuanced. Yeah. It's more nuanced. It's like, you know, whenever you find yourself thinking like, Oh, this person definitely hates me. You know, it's that's black and white thinking that's not real. You know? Oh, I definitely like, I, I hate, I hate my job, or you know, do I hate my job because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not enjoying it like I used to. Does that mean I hate my job? Chances are, the truth is somewhere more in the middle. That's
1: another thing that's been. I feel it so powerfully that I literally want to get the word "middle" tattooed on my body. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we are, guys, because the truth really for everything I am finding is in the middle, and why it's so important for me is because I definitely have been more of an extremist thinker where everything is one way or everything is the other way everything is good or everything is
0: that's anxiety man you know even depression actually also depression like just whenever you are in black and white thinking that's a good that's a really great time to call it out you know like it could be like life absolutely sucks truth is somewhere in the middle you know life is hard today but there have been good moments
1: the truth is somewhere in the middle is something that we use for everything now
0: yeah, I mean that just kind of goes to like that that rational, structural, more masculine mind. It wants to find an easy interpretation for everything. It's it's the same reason that we have prejudices. The same reason that we it's a big reason why humans have so many issues with each other is because we want to just have the most that fearful part, that that anxious part, or that distressed part of us that doesn't like the middle ground, the uncertainty. It. It just, the, those quick judgments can, we can say that our brains are kind of, for as hardworking as our brains are, they're also kind of lazy. They want to go to the quickest interpretation of whatever the situation is. And so that's where reparenting ourselves through our thought processes is really important. So in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, we would call that black and white thinking a cognitive distortion. And so... It's always important to Wait, explain
1: that a cognitive distortion doesn't uh-huh. that severe.
0: <laughs> that's just the technical. That's the technical word for it. What do they mean by that? It means that we're, our cognition is kind of distorting reality because nothing is ever black or white. Nothing is ever black or white. It's really not. Whenever we find ourselves in black and white thinking, that's challenge it.
1: Because it we're assuming that we know everything that's going on. Yeah. Everything. So even like when you're in an argument with someone, you want to maybe think this person is the worst, but you don't know what they're going through. There's layers. You don't know how they were raised. You don't know if maybe they were acting out of anxiety, and the reason they're being a frustrating person is because they're actually scared. You just don't know. There's so many layers. We need more patience with ourselves. We need patience with others.
0: Black and white thinking is such a huge culprit for both anxiety and depression.
1: It's a virus in America.
0: <laughs> it's a virus Around in the, the world. Globe. It's a virus in the human brain. So that's where mindfulness is super important cuz once we once we recognize that okay, let me call this for what it is. I am right now my brain is wanting to find comfort in black and white thinking. The truth is that we're never going to find comfort in black and white thinking. It's because it, it doesn't get us closer to the core of life. So it can't it's it's never going to take us to where we eventually want to go, which is a place of inner peace. Like if you look at the natural world, there's nothing there's nothing black or white about it. Things happen. You know, it's like that story of the Chinese farmer. Which one? The one where um it was like he his son broke oh, his yeah. leg. I, like, I love it. Story time. Yeah. It was like his. See, somebody like I'm. I'm gonna botch it, but basically, this is the premise, okay? Um, so there is a a Chinese farmer, and he had some horses. He had a horse, okay? And the horse ran away, and everyone, all his neighbors, were like, "Oh, isn't this horrible that your horse ran away? Now you don't have a horse. What are you gonna do? This was a huge source of income for you." And then the next day, he and the farmer goes, "Maybe, maybe not." And then the next day, the horse comes back with three other horses. And, and now the neighbors are saying, wow, isn't it amazing that not only did your horse come back, but actually it's such a blessing because it turns out that it was recruiting some other horses. And now this has like multiplied your fortune. And the farmer said, maybe, maybe not. And then his son was riding one of the horses that the new horses that came and he fell and broke his leg. And all his neighbors were like, oh, isn't that horrible? It's absolutely the worst that that happened. Uh, now, what bad fortune. Now your son, your son broke his leg. And the farmer goes, maybe, maybe not. And then, say, a week later, the, author- the government authorities started coming into the village, into the town, to recruit able-bodied young men for war. Uh, but because his son had just broken his leg, he wasn't eligible And so then everybody started saying, wow, isn't it such a blessing that your son broke his leg and and now he doesn't have to go fight in the war? And the farmer said, maybe, maybe not. And I I mean, it just continues. But you get
1: the premise. It's so good. I must have loved story time when I was little because I'm like, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Another chapter, please. It always helps to put everything into perspective. It does. That's so real. That just sounds like someone who's coasting through life somewhere in the middle and that just is feels the best it feels the most peaceful it leaves room for life to happen and for nothing to be finite and for opportunities to be right around the corner it feels open it feels open it feels open I think just you
0: know if we should all write like just get in the practice of of noticing when black and white thinking is happening and just getting um, really skillful at recognizing it. Because if we can start recognizing it and challenging it and bringing ourselves to the center, our quality of life just naturally just improves. Our relationships improve. Totally. I mean, that's like the number one place that I that I immediately feel it. You know, like let's say a friend doesn't call me. Uh, you know, anxious Paul in the past would have been, you know, that fearful rejection that could either lead to feelings of depression or anxiety we say like, you know, like my friends don't like me. Like they hate me. I'm, they, they think I'm a loser. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Sorry, my uh, headphones just popped out of my bra. <laughs> I forgot I put them there. <laughs> Paula
1: just like rearranged her bra and her headphones came flinging out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: my AirPods. Um, And now, like, that can happen. And I, I might, I feel that initial. I feel that initial feeling of like kind of fear or rejection. But then I know I'm like, okay, black and white thinking is happening. I'm going to reparent myself through this. I'm, you know, there's, there's layers to this. It's not that your friend absolutely rejects you now or that when they call you, your friend is obsessed with you. <laughs> like neither of those things is going to know that. We're all multi-layered complex human beings and there's a bajillion different reasons for why we do the things that we do. So to try to put a quick label analysis on another human's behavior or choices, it only leads to more suffering. But in order to be able to really do that, to let go of trying to put those quick interpretations and labels on, on people and, and on situations, it requires a certain level of surrender. It's a, it's, there's, there's a kind of humble energy behind that.
1: It may or may not be the case (laughs) that Paula's, that Paula likes to do exposure therapy on me whenever I have anxiety and I say, Paula, do you think like this happened? Do you think it means this and needing some validation or like, what is the word?
0: Yeah. Reassurance.
1: Needing some reassurance and she'll say, Valentina may or may not. And I just actually want to punch you (laughs) in the moment i'm like just say one thing give me one answer that doesn't even have to be the one i want to hear but it's real but yeah
0: the thing about that practice though is like in that moment it's kind of like you're lifting weight uh your mental muscles, mental muscles. And I
1: do it with you, too. Sometimes you'll ha- say, you know, you'll come to me with an anxious thought. and I'll <laughs> you know, say, I also want to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, you never know, Paula. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy in that moment. You just want so much. You just want the other person to tell you
0: exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to sit with it. But now we know, like when you give me those answers, I'm like, oh, she's right. <laughs> I just have to sit with it. And I can handle sitting with it. And, that, and you, that's how you raise your tolerance for uncertainty. Yeah, really challenging that black
1: and white thinking. That's what we're going to be focusing on for the rest of our lives, family. <laughs> or actually, we may or may not. We may or may not. Ooh, update on Androl's situation. If you guys have been following along, she got... So Androl is... The lady that we met about a week ago or two weeks ago. It's been two weeks now. And she had recently been evicted from her home, stopped getting money for, for unemployment, and she's a little nine year old daughter. So, Paul and I have been helping. You guys have been helping her. My God, we reached that GoFundMe goal in like mm-hmm. a week. A blink of an eye. It was crazy, it's and it's amazing. over the goal too.
0: It's over the goal. So
1: right now, what we're she got one tooth taken. Oh wait, wow. Okay, reverse. She also had a teeth infection, tooth mouth infection. So mm-hmm. she couldn't even eat. Mm-mm. She was literally drinking smoothies and juice. God. So we shout out to Doctor Julia She's a dentist here in Atlanta, and her practice has been helping us with Andrel. She got one tooth removed and in a few days she's going to get the rest of the teeth removed so it won't hurt her anymore. And mouth pain is the worst.
0: Oh, my God. It's the worst. It's the worst. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. We'll keep you posted. Oh, here's the other thing I was going to say back to, for example, when um, to labeling those thoughts in the moment. You know, when we think about healing and when we think about growing, a lot of times we want, again, back to that cognitive laziness. We want to think like, oh, I'm all healed or like, oh, I'm all broken. And like neither of those. I don't think we ever kind of stop feeling growing pains. No way. In this human journey.
1: This human journey is a healing journey. It really is. So
0: interesting. (laughs) Who came up with this? (laughs) How dare you? We did not ask
1: to have to do this much work. Sometimes it really will be like, my God. (laughs) What much more do we need to go through? Why? Like who? Like why? Also why? Why? Also what the fuck is the point of that? For what? Are we going to get a scholarship at the end of this? (laughs) Is there some trophy? Is there a monetary incentive? Also why? (laughs) At the end of this journey. Why do we have to keep going up in levels of this healing? This is so (laughs) crazy. you guys ever actually thought about that okay this is what happens this is what's happening to me right now in real time where I start thinking thinking it's like the meta 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 thoughts we're gonna have to
0: think <laughs> Valentina's gonna have to go twerk in the corner
1: <laughs> <it>? <laughs> to snap out we gotta of it go dance it out I start like thinking what even is the point of this oh my gosh <laughs> Do we have to start the episode over now <laughs> We have to make this a two hour long episode to make That's up. Where, like everything
0: matters and nothing matters, and nothing
1: matters, everything matters and nothing matters. It's all in the
0: middle, just
1: dance it out, stay in the middle. Yeah, and anyway, so, so,
0: yeah, so, so the healing journey, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> you can get like you can, this is you can get one big insight that they'll say you have a hypnotherapy session where you f- finally see into the core of your trauma and you understand, you're like, whoa. That's why I was like that. Or you have one, um, you, or you have a psychedelic experience with ayahuasca or, or psilocybin and it shows you and, and it's like, whoa, you know, it's like you make a huge, like, like that knob turns a significant amount. You get a momentous jump, but then you have to integrate it. And the integration process of either insights through therapy or insights through psychedelics is so much less glamorous and exciting than than those big insight moments. The integration is literally as non-exciting as being in that moment when the anxiety comes up and saying, this is, I'm responding this way because, you know, my body, um, let's say, associated, yells with danger. Let's just say, okay, you know you're not in danger. You're fine. You're going to breathe through it and just kind of put guiding yourself through that experience in the moment, my moment in the day to day, that's the integration. That's the healing process. So the healing is learning to navigate those to surf those waves more skillfully. The healing is not necessarily that those waves aren't going to come anymore. They're (laughs) They're always coming. (laughs)
1: They're always coming. <laughs> you were just... We learned to navigate them better. Yeah. And then over
0: time, they rode away little by little by Something little that by really, little. Something
1: that really helped me was the other day when I was so... Was I anxious or was I sad? I was like, this is peraya. How do you say that? Um, Like, not de- Not uh, desperate. Uh, this is <laughs> uh. Spanglish right. listeners
0: out there. Um... Like, exasperated?
1: Is that even a word in English?
0: Just, like, restless. Like, just... Hold on. Let's Google this.
1: I was stressed.
0: We'll just leave it at that. Okay.
1: I I was, like, highly stressed. And I was just saying, oh, my God, I'm so... (laughs) This is literally (laughs) one of those. I was like, my God, I'm so tired of having to be hit back-to-back with things. Sometimes they just come back-to-back, and, like, I feel like I'm just trying to swim out of one anxiety attack to the next. And you said, what does the child in you need to hear right now? Like, what does that little girl need to hear? And I was like, and I answered that question for myself Mm -hmm. in that moment. And I was like, oh, that's reparenting.
0: It changed the whole thing, didn't it? It changed
1: the whole game. You can really be your own parent, your own blanket in that moment by thinking, by asking yourself, What does the little, you know, what does baby me or the child in me
0: need to hear right now? Need to hear
1: right now? Because a lot of the times what is happening when we get anxious and we feel fearful or stressed or whatever is we're being triggered for something of the past. Yeah, we're
0: responding to a past wound.
1: We're responding to a past wound. So think of a time when you, you know, felt that wound when you were younger. Like, what did that kid need to hear at that time? Mm -hmm. That everything was going to be okay. That Mm -hmm. I know it seems really scary right now. And I know... You don't know what the next step looks like, but I promise you you're going to be okay.
0: Yeah, so exactly. So like when you realize that that's where those kind of anxieties came from, that was like such an aha moment, like kind of like the heavens open up and it's this like massive explosion of insight that Mm -hmm. takes place. But then the actual integration, which is like 80% of it's just literally those moments of, oh, I'm just going to say something kind to myself right now. And you do that over and over <laughs> in over in and over Joe <laughs> and you never stop
1: you never stop
0: all right fam
1: we love you guys remember to be kind, kind to, to yourselves. yourselves be your own parent in the moments when you're anxious when you're stressed when you're depressed mm-hmm. it's not all black and white the mm-hmm. truth lies somewhere in la mitad
0: and the middle. shake those bodies
1: We love you guys. Los queremos mucho. Besos. Tune in next Monday at 6 a.m. EST. Peace. Bye.